Good morning and welcome to my first podcast of 2020. I hope that you are well and are excited to be re-entering the educational journey with me. And so I just wanted to get started today on a topic that really is the focus of a lot of professional development in the field of education and life in general, and that's the idea of reflective practitioners. And it really is fitting that this is January of 2020 because, you know, people have been talking about this year, the the relationship between 2020 and 2020 vision and having clarity and having the ability to see things and discern things. So with this being January, um, and you might not be listening to this in January of 2020, but sort of in January, a lot of things start over. There's a lot of talk of renewal and reflection and New Year's resolution. And it's the time when a lot of stores have clearance items and they're they're clearing out the old and making way for the new. And really in life, for whatever reason, humans I've found really gel with the idea of starting over and second chances, but they defeat themselves for whatever reason when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Um, There's a lot of work out there on, you know, creating vision boards and being specific and knowing exactly what you want to do. But if there's not the grit and the determination and the sort of endurance to keep going with a goal or a passion or a project, it doesn't matter how clear your vision is. You're not going to accomplish anything if you're going into it with the mindset that you're already defeated. And so when I talk to my teachers and my clients about resolutions, we sort of examine the definition of the word resolution, and really, it's a word that has multiple meanings. You know, it can be a commitment and a decision to make a change, but it can also be something that's brought before lawmakers, um, a a proposed law, a, a change to something. And really, it's the idea of of changing, of being an agent of change. And also, if you look at it in the adjective form, to be resolute means to stand firm, to stand solidly on a platform within a decision, to be unmoving and unbending. And it's that definition of resolute that I really apply to education. Because our teachers, our administrators, our staff have to be absolutely steadfast in their belief about the possibility of children achieving, about the greatness that can come out of an education, about the importance of relationships. And January is a good time to revisit that. If you've ever worked with new teachers or done any research, you'll find that there's a very specific trajectory of emotions that follow a first-year teacher. And right about now, in January, when the semester is changing and the winter is cold and we're facing February and March before the idea of a spring break usually, is when teachers start to get tired. And... New teachers especially are really fatigued. They're fatigued physically, they're fatigued emotionally, they are sometimes not sleeping well, they're starting to feel the effect of all the germs. And so what I bring up with them is instead of one huge goal, one huge change that's insurmountable, perhaps it's best to consider smaller and I'm using air quotes if you saw me, resolutions. Smaller adjustments, smaller changes that you can bring to your practice 
that will enhance everything. And the first one being revisit your expectations within your classroom interactions, within your professional interactions, with your parents, anyone with whom you have a relationship. This is also the time of year when things might start to get a little bit unravelly in terms of, um, you know, you're, you're maybe not as consistent with holding students accountable. You might not be as observant of things that are contributing to some chaos in the classroom. And so if you do nothing else, let be resolute about revisiting expectations and norms, reestablishing relationships, reestablishing consistency, and just making sure that your expectations for yourself and your students are being met. So that really can be the new year, new you. The let's revisit what needs to happen. Do I need to make any changes? Has the class roster changed? And so now the chemistry in the class is entirely different. Have some people left? Do I need to clean up my workspace? Has it gotten to the point where there's papers everywhere and books aren't organized? You know, even the resolution of just straightening up your physical space can have a huge impact on your psychology. There's a reason why this idea of cleaning out clutter is so exhilarating to some people. It's the idea of having an organized space, of having a clean workspace. I know I myself can't really function as well if I can't find my things, if it looks scattered. And so this is also a very Western idea, this idea of too much. Um, I can remember years ago talking to a school librarian that had been working with someone from one of the African nations and the school librarian had talked about needing to organize stuff, needing to organize books and papers and the person that she was working with from Africa was astounded at this idea of organization because some people have so few things they don't even need to be organized. It comes from overconsumption and abundance and having a multitude of supplies at our hands. And when the school librarian had that conversation, it really, it sort of stunned her into less is more. Do I need to have all of this quote unquote stuff? Um, so that could be part of your new year, new you really looking at your physical space and going, okay, I need to rearrange desks or I need to get rid of these papers or I need to talk to the handyman or the school janitor about moving this furniture around. Whatever you need to do to sort of have your fresh start. And that's going to be different for everybody. For some people, it's going to be radical action. For other people, it's just going to be sitting back and thinking. And that's the other thing that's wonderful about resolutions. It's a decision. It's not anything active all the time. So it, your decision could be to just relax. You could decide instead of starting something to stop something. What is something that is happening in your life that's exhausting you? That you're, you feel like you're wasting time on? Um, it can be as grandiose as a relationship that you feel like you need to end all the way down to you're just going to stop giving yourself such a hard time. You're going to stop negative self-talk. You're going to stop apologizing for what you need. You're going to stop doing too much, whatever it happens to be. And for me, and again, this is very different for everyone else. I'm a high energy, high 
If I were a dog, I'd probably be like a Jack Russell Terrier. I'm constantly into something, yapping at something, making noise. It's just, I have a lot of energy. So I really wanted to focus this January on slowing down, on making decisions not on the spur of the moment. Um, I have some really big goals for my life and my career this year. And I can often get so excited about something that I sort of jump in feet first without planning. So I wanted to sit back and my goal this month is to make some strategic plans for those goals, to map out content that I wanna create, to map out relationships that I wanna establish, and really to create a blueprint for myself so that I can stop the impulsivity. Now there is a huge benefit the spontaneity and the impulsivity. My thoughts are always fresh. I'm always sort of on the go. I don't want to lose that, but I wanted to take some time and I wanted to make sure that all of these things that are important to me have time to get accomplished. And if not this year, then I've at least captured them so that if something doesn't work out, if I need to change midstream, I have some other ideas. And so I'm really, I'm not vision casting or creating a vision board. And for those of you not familiar with vision boards, I would highly encourage you to look them up. Um, my, my ideas and my goals for myself are pretty crystal clear. They, they all sort of came into their 2020. Ha ha, get it? But now for me, I have the vision. I have the impulse. I have the direction I just need to create a route for myself. And I'm not saying that this route is going to be perfect, and I'm not saying that I'm going to follow this. I'm not married to this plan. But the simple act of actually putting some thought into, okay, what impact do I want to have? What content do I want to post on my podcast? What blog posts do I want to do? What sort of relationships, coaching-wise, do I want to enter into? Do I want to have partnerships? All of these questions that I'm asking myself are fueling this need to sort of write everything down. Um, one of my clients was talking about multiple decisions that have to be made about retirement. And they're a series of smaller steps. It's almost a series of dominoes that this client has to go through. And so again, it's a big resolution that is broken down into smaller chunks, into smaller pieces. The same thing can happen with you in your educational journey. You might be a first or second year teacher who's starting to think about pursuing graduate education. You might be comfortable in your school and looking for a change. You might be at your point where you're thinking, what's my next step? There's nothing wrong with going into a research phase. Gathering information is absolutely as important as making the decision because it comes closer to guaranteeing you make the right decision. That's the other scary thing about decisions. You never know if it's right or wrong sometimes because there's always the what if I had gone the other way. And for me, I know I need a lot of information before I feel comfortable making ironically certain decisions like where I wanted to do my master's degree, what program I wanted to align myself with, whether I wanted to apply to be an administrator. And again, that's still up in the air. I say no, but at the same time, I'm still in the pool. I haven't taken myself out. Why? Because you never know what opportunity is going to come up. And so as you're working through identifying whatever it is that you need to stop or start, that's all you really need to do this month is take stock, take inventory, try to find what is working for you and what isn't. And then give yourself the chance to relax into it, to 
manage your time and yourself and your emotions so that you can meet your goals. And then if you don't meet your goals, be kind to yourself. So some things about resolutions that you really do need to think about, some action steps that you can take, not just around New Year's resolutions, but about decisions and reflection in general, are first write down your bag. And what I mean by bag is your big audacious goal. What is something that you want now or you've always wanted that is so big and so intense and so breathtaking that if it happened to your life, you feel like that would be your life, the life of your dreams. It takes your breath away. It makes you excited. It gives you butterflies in the pit of your stomach. And it absolutely might sound absurd to anyone else. People might hear it and laugh at it and go, why would you even consider that? That's what I want you to identify this month. What is the thing that would make your heart and soul sing in harmony with your life experiences? And then if you're brave enough, I challenge you to write that down. Write down that bag. Write down that big audacious goal. And this is where vision boards can be so helpful to certain people. Create one and see what manifests. Because there's a lot of research behind energy and the law of attraction and what you put out, you get back. So write that down. And this does not have to be a big audacious goal about education. It can be a big audacious goal about your finances, about your career, about your interpersonal relationships, about traveling, whatever it happens to be. So that number one, is really giving yourself permission to dream big. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we all have that ability to make steps towards that happen. And then take stock of what you want to stop and what you want to start. And then gather your support. If there are people in your life that will help you meet those goals, absolutely let them in. Get your cheerleading section together. Make sure you communicate with them. For a lot of people that are on a health or fitness journey, they find an accountability partner, someone that they check in with, that that you know they need that external validation or that external competition. There's nothing wrong with that. At the same time that you're gathering your supporters, find out who your naysayers are. Identify those negative Nellies that are going to bring you down, that poo-poo any idea of happiness or wealth or joy. And honestly, I wouldn't even tell them what I was doing. I would just cut them out. Um, And the hard part is they might be your family members. They might be your best friends. They might be people you've had lifelong relationships with. But if you're going to be happy internally and manifest that happiness externally, and you're the type that needs support, if you're an extrovert, you need to know who you can lean on and who you need to lean away from. And then finally, once you make your your decision, stand firm and be resolute become the resolution. Become unbending in your devotion and your dedication to it if it's important to you. And that dedication and devotion can be to stopping something. If we could just get people to stop negative self-talk, imagine how much more productive our world would be. So that might be your big audacious goal, to not negatively self-talk, to love yourself, to be your best friend. Um, For people battling sobriety, it might be to stop picking up the bottle. It might be to stop taking the medication. It might be to join a group. Um, For smaller resolutions, you know, for me, I could always do better at managing my finances. So for me, it might be start writing down every... um, you know, purchase that I make or start not 
making purchases and see how much more money you have. You know, simple little things. Um, adding 10 extra steps every day to your walking. Adding 10 extra steps a day over the course of a month is, if I'm doing the math right, 300 steps a day that you're adding. So those small little 1% changes, all the way up to those big, audacious, 100% all in full throttle, in your face, oh my God, breathtaking decisions. There's an entire spectrum in between the two extremes. And that's what I invite you to take into account as you're looking over your life, as you're looking over your profession, as you're continuing to plan lessons. Um, does your goal reflect to that? Do, do you have the big audacious goal of getting to know your students better and planning more interactive lessons? Do you have a goal of working more closely with special educators? Do you want to bring literacy into the classroom? Do you want to bring projects? Do you want to pursue your own education and move up? The sky is the limit when you give yourself permission to dream. And I wish you well. Um, there will be some changes coming to the podcast that I'm really excited about. Those of you that listen on a regular basis, once a month there's going to be this sort of new content coming from my musings and my reflections and my research on education. And then the other one that I'm going to release every month is going to be an interview with a leader in education. And so I'm super excited to be working on that. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at don'tcallmesteph1 at gmail.com or check out my website, www.stephaniesmithlifecoach.com. Have a great day.